Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the sixth edition of The Power Jenkins. I am your host, Steve. At this point, I would normally introduce Alex, but he's not here. He has decided to pursue a career in male adult dance. He's concerned that his current repertoire of only three moves from the 1980s is not enough to really vault him to superstardom right now. So he wanted to take some time and address that, see if he could really expand his game. Now, I am going to expect him back here next week, so no concerns. You will not have to power through many more of these one-man episodes. Plus, the next time you hear a podcast, we're going to have the commissioner with us. And I'm really excited about that. He uh, he has got a lot of research that he has done, so I'm looking forward to having a conversation with him about the league as a whole, and uh, this year in particular. So having said all that, I want to also apologize for the delay in getting these up. Uh, it has not been a goal to gradually make these come out later and later in the week until a podcast comes out the day before the games. Just unfortunately, some work stuff was happening that uh, had to take the front seat since, you know, I'm not making millions of this job just yet. So hopefully we will get back in a rhythm of putting these up on Tuesday or Wednesday. But I do want to ask everybody to congratulate one of our league mates, Matt, and his team this aired in 2009 people on his new job. Really proud of him, and I think he's going to be great at it. So if you get a chance, say congratulations to Matt, and I'm sure he'll tell you all about the new gig. Let's start out here. We're going to do a quick summary of week five, including the results of our projections, and then get into our standings and touch quickly on week six. So Week five was a pretty interesting one. We saw a team get off the schneid as Tim beat Alex 127 to 119 and a half. We saw Cam once again luck his way into a win 104 and a half to 102 and a half. In a battle of the two top teams last week, Jason lost to Bobby 134 and a half to 103. And we also had Kelly getting past Matt, 114.5 to 109.5. While we had a second team get off the schneid as Lucas took out your hero, 105.5 to 91. Thanks again for that one catch for four yards, Stefan Diggs. Don't know where I'd be without you. Oh, wait. I'd be in the market for a new wide receiver because you're out this week. Unfortunately, again for me, ESPN won the day going 3-2 last week. I was just behind them at 2-3, while Alex also followed ESPN's lead and went to 3-2. So, standings after five weeks, ESPN leads the way at 15-10. I am a game behind at 14-11, with Alex two games behind me at 12-13. and 13. Per request of the commissioner, I want to talk briefly on our bold predictions, which could really just be called our terrible predictions, because we went one for four. And this is tossing out the two ridiculous predictions that uh, Alex and I made. Alex reported that Todd Gurley would be hurt. 
And while he played like he was, he did not get hurt because I kept watching that game, waiting for Jared Goff to do something, you know, so that he could outscore Russell Wilson. That also did not happen. Alex's prediction of Aaron Rodgers would throw more interceptions than touchdowns clearly did not pan out as Aaron Rodgers was a machine going up and down the field against the Cowboys. And lastly, the one thing we got right, Brian Hoyer did have a great game against the Colts, putting up 40 and a half points. All right, so let's get into this week's standings by starting with a review of last week's standings. So, Last week, as you may or may not remember, it was Lucas with his team, Bob and Van, in at number 10, Alex and the Injured Reserves at 9, Tim with American Minions at 8, Gordy's team, Blue Angels, Go Navy, at 7, Kelly in at number 6, Cam in at number 7 with his team, $7 with a Hoobastank, Four, the Rafi Bombs. Three, this aired in 2009, people. The Rainmakers, number two. And the number one team, Ant B's Pie and Custard Emporium. So let's get on with the current rankings. No change at the number 10 spot. Uh, despite his win, Lucas still stays in at 10. Congratulations on the win, though, even though it came against me. So I uh, needed a few days to be able to say that and actually mean it. Uh, though I do feel bad, this win did come at a cost, losing his best player, Odell Beckham, out for the year, but did give 18 points in a good swan song performance for him. It's it's going to be a rough one to come back from when you look at the fact that your first round pick, not counting your keeper, is out, especially since we've talked about some concerns with the flex position. However, Good news for him is the quarterback position seems to be coming back together. Lucas reclaimed Cam Newton off of waivers, a move I, a move I think I only did not do because I did not want to have a quarterback in the Thursday night game, which has been nothing but sad times and disaster for me. But it looks like it's a win for Lucas, who now has Cam Newton, who had a great Thursday game, and Russell Wilson, who seems to be playing a little more competently. And even without Odell Beckham, you have A.J. Green, who last week, as I saw firsthand, can single-handedly win you games when he goes for just shy of 200 yards receiving. All right, in at number nine, future male gigolo of the year, Alex and his team, the injured reserves, stay at number nine. A tough break for Alex. He lost, but he did it with the third highest score. And if you're Alex, you have got to hate either the Pittsburgh defense, the Jacksonville play calling, Leonard Fournette, or some combination of it all. In case you are not aware, the Pittsburgh-Jacksonville game was out of hand once we got inside the two-minute warning. Jacksonville had the ball, and instead of just taking a knee, they hand off to Leonard Fournette, who tears off a 90-yard run, which created approximately 28 points in one play for Fournette, and Alex winds up losing the game, a game he would have otherwise won. And not to 
pile on, but even with that bit of information, had Alex played Marshawn Lynch instead of Admir Abdullah, he would have won by half a point. But I don't think anybody really would have thought to do that. But I, I think he's going to be okay. His kicker is back, Matt Bryant, the captain. Matt Bryant, the captain of his team. So I think he uh, he's feeling pretty good about that. I look forward to hearing his thoughts next week. In at number eight, down a spot from number seven last week is Blue Angels, Go Navy. Deshaun Watson really seemed to throw a lot of games into chaos with some useless garbage time Hail Mary throws that were caught last week, particularly by Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. And I got to kind of acknowledge that Gordy likely would have won last week had he taken Gronk out of his lineup instead of leaving him in when Gronk was declared inactive before the game. However, it looks like there has been a slight turn of fate going into this week at least. Uh, Christian McCaffrey put in 16.5 points in the Thursday night game despite terrible run numbers. I really wish I had somebody to bounce this off of because I, I personally do not like running backs who are terrible running backs but are good receiving backs. And I'm bringing that up because of Christian McCaffrey. In the last four games, he is averaging four carries and 2.7 yards per carry. And I, that seems like it's hard for me to trust that a running back is going to get his action receiving when he can't run the ball. But I guess if you're going to get 16.5 points one way or the other, maybe it's something I need to rethink. All right. Up from number eight to number seven is Tim with American Minions. Good win. Obviously, we talked about Leonard Fournette being the player that did Alex in. Tim was on the positive side of that. Bonus points, too. He uh, wins the game with his best player, uh, quarterback Drew Brees, on by. My new weekly stance, as always, Tim's going to be dangerous until he's officially eliminated and then some, but I I do not like this team. Uh, Terrell Pryor has not played well. Uh, Chris Hogan has, but I don't. There just feels like something you can't trust there. However, I guess if you've got Breeze, Fournette, and Hogan as a top 10 receiver, you're going to do yourself some favors moving forward. All right, in at number six, staying at number six, is Kelly with Victoria Secrets. Victorious Secrets, excuse me. Uh, snaps a two-game slide after going starting out 2-0, falling to 2-2, two and two, and now back on the plus side of 500 at 3-2. and two. Uh, Question mark for this team has got to be DeMarco Murray. Obviously had a huge game against Seattle in week three, but uh, has been... Dumpster fire, my go-to phrase, is probably too extreme here, but definitely not what you are wanting out of a third-round pick. In the four games besides the game against Seattle, DeMarco Murray's got averaging 10.5 carries for 3.8 yards, which basically means about 43 yards a game with zero touchdowns. 
Uh, on the plus, on the plus side, though, Doug Martin came back, first game off a of suspension, and 13 carries, 74 yards, and a touchdown, a solid 13-point performance. And you have also got the gold standard, Antonio Brown. Three of five receiving games this year, over 20 points. That is going to erase a lot of problems, or it is going to buy you some time to fix some problems. So while that is the case, uh, good luck, Kelly. And you also get Matt Bryan back for the rest of the year after his bye last week. Number five, for the love, the luckiest team in fantasy football history. It's an honor I thought Jay was never going to give up, but I think we're going to have to acknowledge that it is Cam right now. Five wins last year despite crap numbers, and he gets his second win of the year despite yet another terrible performance. Uh, one week four with the third lowest score of the week, and he won last week with the fifth lowest score of the week. Words are failing me, and it is very curious if this is going to set up like it did last year where a bunch of crappy performances that he still wins, and then the team finds its stride in the playoffs and walks to its second straight championship. Going to be harder, I would think, this week, though. Uh, no LaShawn McCoy, uh, and obviously Dalvin Cook gone for the year. And he plays Matt, who is personally... Uh, as you guys know, when you listen to this show, probably a team, even if they don't wind up number one in the rankings or Jenkins previously, it is a team I'm a real big fan of. So I think that is going to be a real challenge for him to knock out a quality team like Matt, who just, just seems stacked. But I don't want to keep drooling on Matt's team, except uh, I want to say that the good the good luck does keep rolling for Cam, 13.5 points off of Calvin Benjamin's 9 catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown Thursday night against the Eagles. Though if he does lose by 2 or 3 points, I will be entertained that it happened. If Calvin Benjamin could have got one more yard, he would have been good to go. Alright, but I think uh, I should really cap my Cam bashing, still a top half team and we are going to move on to number four and again uh, falling a spot from three to four is the team I just talked about Matt with this aired in 2009 people lost 114 and a half to 109 and a half you can't play this game of what if in fantasy football because we would all complain about all the bad luck we ever get or all the decisions that have gone wrong. I get that. At the same time, Camp, excuse me, Matt loses by five points. And the obvious thing to look at in this situation is Carlos Hyde. Eight carries, 11 yards for one and a half points. If Hyde could have just been a C minus, giving you 45 rushing yards, giving you like three catches for 20 yards, Matt wins, and he is in a lot better shape. But he didn't, and credit to Kelly for getting her win to 3-2. and two. However, I am just going to continue to be a big fan of Matt. He's got the number one quarterback in the league and the number two and three wide receivers in DeAndre Hopkins. And the guy I'm not thinking about, so... 
pardon me, I'm going to go ahead and go off of my notes here real quick to try to get myself caught up. Oh, sorry. Number two and three wide receivers in DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans and the aforementioned Zach Ertz, who I am a huge fan of. And even when he doesn't have a great game, he still has a great game. For the Thursday night game, Ertz gets two catches and both are for touchdowns. So congratulations to Matt, and I am curious to see uh, if he stays in another dogfight like he had with Kelly last week as he takes on Cam this week. In at number three, <sighs> that is me and the Rainmakers. I may take just a minute to talk about my team simply because we are probably not as awesome of a show as we normally are due to Alex not being here and me. It's hard to do this by yourself. You don't have anyone to bounce any jokes off or do anything with, so you kind of have to do this more like an AM talk show sketch. But anyway. So my team, number three, and I know why Alex will typically respond by, well, and tell me why your team sucks. So I'm going to tell you why my team sucks right now. One, the aforementioned Stefan Diggs one catch four yards last week. I, I seem to have guys who like to do that. The week before it had been Michael Crabtree, uh, or excuse me, Demarius Thomas, one catch five, seven yards. And the week before, Michael Crabtree, one catch, five yards. So when your your stud receivers are each giving you a week of one catch, that's going to be hard. But let's ignore let's ignore that for uh, a moment. What has got to me dropped from one to three in the last two weeks is some uh, two things. One terrible production from the quarterback position. I have got in the last three weeks one touchdown and five turnovers from the quarterback position. You cannot win games like that, and the fact that I've gone one and two in the last three weeks supports that. Other issue is lack of touchdowns in general. Last week I scored a total of one touchdown, I'm sorry, two touchdowns for my whole team, Michael Crabtree and Tyree Kill on the punt return, and then the week before I only had two touchdowns, those both being from Le'Veon Bell. You are not going to win games when your quarterback's not throwing touchdowns and the rest of your team is averaging less than half a touchdown apiece. So hopefully that corrects itself, especially this week. I play Jason, who has Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers has not played me in like three years and not had a game where he didn't throw at least... I'm going to double-check my research. It's at least three touchdowns, and I'm actually thinking the number is four. That guy acts like I said bad things about his mother. So, All right, enough rambling about my team. We were down a spot from two to three, so that means somebody has moved into the two spot, and that is Bobby with the Rafi Bombs. Took a two-spot jump up. Sorry, guys, misplaced my notes here on Bobby, and they really seem to have gone far, far away. So let's see what we can get. Besides, you know, good radio. All right, here we go. Sorry about that. All right. Bobby played the number last week's number one team and just had himself a day again, winning 134.5 to 103.5. 
Melvin Gordon, th this guy is, this is a guy I almost kept, but I was, was never a fan of his low yards per attempt on the ground, but had himself a day with 100 plus rushing yards and then 60 yards with two receiving touchdowns. Big, big results. Also, a really nice bonus, which he didn't wind up needing, but is going to sure help you a lot of weeks. Bobby's three individual defensive players outscored Jason's three individual defensive players 27 to 10 and a half. And if you can ever get an advantage like that, that is going to do you some good. However, I don't believe that that, I don't believe that ESPN is quite as loving of Bobby's team as the Jenkins are. I believe he is actually projected to lose this week. And... That is correct. Bobby's shockingly projected to lose by 16 points to Tim. Uh, it's been an okay start for Bobby, actually. Nelson Aguilar goes for 13 points off of 60 yards receiving and a touchdown. While Tim has had Jake Elliott, the kicker for the Eagles, put up 11 points. But uh, Bobby, I'm trying to remember why they think his team is a bit of a dumpster fire this week. And i got to stop using that phrase so much. And there it is, uh, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott is suspended, but even if, even if he wasn't suspended, the Cowboys aren't playing this week. So, sorry, I forgot something pretty obvious there. He is in the very unfortunate position of playing Adrian Peterson against Tampa Bay. Um, I personally am not a believer in Adrian Peterson and don't think this is going to be something that bears a lot of fruit. And really, for Alex's sanity, I hope that is the case. But uh, the team looks good. Melvin Gordon had himself a nice week. Jordy Nelson and Larry Fitzgerald are both in the top 12 of wide receivers. And when you get Ezekiel Elliott back, assuming there's no suspension, he will be fine. And if Nelson Aguilar keeps doing this, you're going to be A-OK. -okay. All right, which takes us to the number one team in the land, despite losing by 31 points last week. Ant B's pie, pie and Custard Emporium keeps the top spot. And a big reason for the loss like we talked about. Melvin Gordon going off. Jason Stud running back Todd Gurley having a terrible game. Uh, three points, including fumbling into the end zone. But you know what? Nobody in our league has ever gone undefeated. I believe our best record is 11-2, so... Nothing to be ashamed of to be 4-1 at this point in the season. Uh, still looking great. He's got the number one tight end in Travis Kelsey, the number two running back in Todd Gurley, and the number three quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, who I assure you will be the number one quarterback after this week. That is my quasi-bold prediction. So this team looks good, and I do not want to have to be playing them this week, but that is where we are. So just going to kind of quick wrap up with a couple of things here. Uh, one, the week five, the week six jank up of the week is number one, Jason versus me, number three. And as far as bold predictions, I'm going to say that Aaron Rodgers throws for five touchdowns and 400 yards. And I'm actually wondering if that is a conservative number. 
but let's go ahead and project out to week seven. I have asked Alex to give me his picks for this week, so I won't have them for you on the show, but I will go ahead and get them in next week. So for this week, told you that matchup of the week is myself versus Jason. Going into the Thursday night games, Jason was predicted to lose to me by 5.9 points. So ESPN is projecting me to win. I am projecting Jason to win. Next up, a match of the spouses. Kelly versus Lucas. That would be number 6, Victorious Secrets, versus number 10, Bob and Van. Going into the week, Kelly projected to win by 1.4 points. I am also going to take Kelly in there. Don't worry, Lucas. I still love you. All right, next matchup. Tim and American Minions are number nine team, or excuse me, are number seven team, taking on number the number two team, the Rafi Bombs. Tim is projected to win by 20 by ESPN. However, I'm going to go the other way and take the Rafi Bombs. Up next, Cam, the luckiest team in the league, takes on Number four, this aired in 2009, people. I will be taking Matt. ESPN is also a big fan of Matt, projecting him to win by 22 points. And lastly, your favorite gigolo and mine, Alex, takes on Gordy. I am going to take Gordy. ESPN is going to take Alex. So I think that is all we have got for this week. So before we wrap it up, I'm just going to put a challenge out there to the rest of the league. We are five weeks through now. By the time of the next podcast, we will be six weeks through the regular season, which I think will be a good point for us to really be curious your thoughts, comments, questions about what you are seeing with the league. So I'd love to make this one a little more interactive. If you want to send us something, it's at our email address, 5TDs, F-I-V-E-T-D-S, at yahoo.com. Or on Twitter, handle at ChubbyThunder13. In lieu of that, we're going to go ahead and uh, say goodnight, Gracie. Good luck to all of you, except Jason.